0: Coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, Canada's big cities will be facing a number of economic challenges, and two of the biggest in the West will be doing so with fresh leadership. Calgary and Edmonton will elect new mayors in the fall as Nahed Nenshi and Don Iveson bid farewell. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. The National Post's Alberta correspondent, Tyler Dawson, walks us through what both mayors will be most remembered for, how the races to replace them are shaping up, and what challenges their successors will face. Don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and we're now on Amazon Music. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Tyler, both Calgary and Edmonton will have new mayors this fall. As Nahed Nenshi and Don Iveson announced, they wouldn't be seeking new terms. Just for people you know, elsewhere in Canada who may not be as familiar with them, how long have they both been around and why did they say they want to step away now?
1: Yeah, so both of them have been around for over a decade, give or take. Don Iveson has been mayor of Edmonton since 2013, but he had two terms as a councillor before that, dating back to 2008, I believe. And then Nenshi uh, has been the mayor of Calgary since 2010. And before that, he was a professor at Mount Royal University. And, and I don't believe he was involved in municipal politics before that. And sort of had this kind of upset victory in the 2010 mayoral election. And basically, both of them have just said they've done what they came to achieve. They're ready to do other things. There was some reporting that Nenshi, for example, wasn't really having all that much fun anymore. And Don Iverson, 14 years, I think is is what it all adds up to, said that it's long enough and he's ready to move on to something else.
0: Both of them kind of similar political leanings, both seen as kind of centrist or even progressive mayors, depending on the policy. Mm -hmm. What would be the best way to describe their respective terms in office?
1: It's almost hard to do in like a one-word explanation. You know, they've both been mayors through pretty remarkable periods of time in Edmonton and Calgary, I think. So it's been in some sense tumultuous, I would say, you know. Hadenchi dealt with the flooding in Calgary. He's dealt with the considerable economic downturn that has sort of ripped through Calgary over the last half decade or so. Iveson has presided over what I would say is, you know, a modernizing city with really big, ambitious, controversial transit projects underway. Mm-hmm. You know, some downtown revitalization, the new arena opening. They've really, I think both of them, seen some pretty considerable ups and downs and pretty considerable changes in their respective cities. So I don't know if I want to say tumultuous, but certainly they have not been mayors over a particularly you know, calm period of time in either city, I would say.
0: Looking at each of them individually, what do you suppose both of them will be best known for? Like with Nenshi, is it the Calgary floods and the way he kind of stepped into his role as leader or with Don Iverson, is it these big transit projects?
1: Yeah, I think it's possible it will be those things. You know, if we'd been having this conversation five years ago, I think Nenshi for sure would have been the floods. It would have been the fact that he, you know, was sort of young representative of, you know, the changing face of Calgary, those sorts of things. And Iverson, I think, I think Iverson probably will be remembered for some of the transit projects, some of the downtown stuff, looking out, You know, your window or going for a walk with the dog or something, you see infill housing and things like that, that are also, I think, a legacy of Iverson's time in office. Nenshi, I think, has a little bit more complicated of of a legacy, frankly, just because he's dealt with pretty considerable expansions of the city budget increases in taxes in Calgary. And, you know, at the same time as that's happening, a relatively considerable decline of the city, especially in the downtown core in terms of business and sort of dynamism and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that Nenshi, you know, is going to be remembered poorly. I, I certainly don't think that's the case. But I do think he has, um, you know, a little bit more complicated legacy that he's leaving behind than Iveson does.
0: Despite being seen as popular choices for mayors when they were first elected and representative of a bit of a progressive movement in both of these cities, both mayors have had their detractors. And you mentioned some of the mixed history of Nahed term as mayor. He's faced quite a bit of controversy, I guess, both in terms of how he's dealt with other members of council and otherwise some controversial decisions. But where do you feel that they've both faced kind of the most controversy in their terms?
1: I think with Nenshi, what I want to say is the Olympics. Mm-hmm. When I spoke with him some months ago now, he mentioned that that was one of the things that he thought he'd kind of botched and not uh, done as well as he would like. So, I mean, that was a—I think that was a big controversial project in Calgary and really um, was sort of symbolic maybe of Nenshi losing his hold a little bit on the city. You know, a, a symptom in some ways of his his declining popularity for Ivison again it's a little bit harder to say but you know if i if i write about the city and if i write about Iveson, you know the emails i get from his detractors i mean they're mad about things like bike lanes they're mad about transit infrastructure and delays and things like that so if i had to put one thing to it i think transit is probably for Ivison on one hand one of his big successes but on the other hand perhaps also his biggest controversy
0: now with both of them leaving, obviously we have open mayor's races and those always prove to be interesting in terms of the number of candidates, in terms of some of the fringe candidates who may come out of the woodwork, but also just in terms of how the race in general shapes up. I know in Edmonton, it is in a sense, almost shaping up to be a more interesting race than Calgary because you have current councillor, former mayoral candidate, Mike Nichol, who's running kind of a populist outsider campaign. And you have some other notable outsiders pledging change, but then you have former councillor and federal cabinet minister, Amarjeet Sohi, returning to politics to vie for the mayor's chair. What do you make about how Edmonton's race is shaping up so far?
1: It's been kind of interesting because it feels on the ground level to me, like not that much is happening, you know? I mean, there's a few lawn signs around. I mean, we're a ways out yet, of course, but um mm-hmm. it's also a pandemic. So a lot of the things that you might sort of expect to be happening or or being planned um, haven't yet. So to me, it feels really quite quiet, but it is very interesting because you have Mike Nickel, who is essentially saying that Iveson had a failed agenda over the past decade, and he wants to undo that, which is maybe a winning campaign point, maybe not, but it's certainly a dramatic one and is going to make for a dramatic race, I think. And then you have Sohi is sort of the institutional candidate, someone with lots of experience, someone who's no doubt sort of going to continue some of the progressive legacies of the city. So it's really setting up a race between these two fellows who are polar opposites in many ways, I think.
0: Do you feel that they will kind of eat up a lot of the oxygen and not really give a chance for some of these other, I mean, you have some credible candidates. You have two former counselors, you have a local business leader running, Kim Creshell, Michael Oshry, and then Cheryl Watson, for those who are keeping score. Mm -hmm. Do they have a harder time getting their names out there with two very, not divisive, but kind of, as you say, polar opposite candidates?
1: Yeah, I certainly do think they will have a little bit of trouble. I mean, I think name recognition is so important in municipal politics. And so, you know, people who've been candidates before certainly benefit from that. But there's also, you know, a function of, I think, just the media. We know who Mike Nichol is. We know who Amarjit Sohi are. We know that they are going to be the people who are going to perhaps have the most interesting or dramatic things to say, and they end up, you know, getting a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about bike lanes for a story, for example, you're probably going to phone the guy that hates bike lanes, and then he's going to get some of that time. So in that sense, I think it does tend to push some of the other, you know, very qualified, good candidates out who are not perceived as either front runners or especially controversial. And I mean, going around the city, I would say I see some Sohi lawn signs and I see some I like Mike bumper stickers. And I don't actually think I've seen any advertising of any sort for any of the other folks who are running. Mm-hmm. Now, that might just be a function of where I live. But um, to some extent, it's hard to ignore that sort of really anecdotal uh, information.
0: And what about in Calgary? I'm looking at it from outside. I, I used to live in Calgary. So I very vividly remember Nahed Nenshi's term in the campaign in 2010, where you had a bunch of pretty notable people. You had a CTV anchor, you had former city councillor, now provincial cabinet minister, Rick McIver. You had some big names, Mm -hmm. plus Nahed Nenshi, plus a couple other relatively notable Calgarians. But looking at it from the outside this time, it feels a little quieter for a wide open race. It appears the two front runners may be sitting councillors, Jeremy Farkas and Jyoti Gondek. Do you get a sense that that's shaping up to who the main contenders are going to be in this race?
1: Yeah, and you know, even then I think it's possible that it's really a one candidate race in a lot of ways. I think Gondek is pretty clearly the front runner in Calgary. Jeremy Farkas has been so controversial. He's filling sort of a similar role that Mike Nichol is in Edmonton, but again, I, I don't know if he's quite as prominent as Nickel is. You know, I was looking through the list of mayoral candidates in Calgary, and I mean, I'm an outsider too, being in Edmonton, but I I don't think I recognized any of the names. Mm -hmm. They look like they're sort of being broken down into camps, if you know what I mean. Like, you've got candidates who are running on sort of maintaining police funding and being pro-business candidates, and then you have some who want, you know, more funding for the arts and things like that. So it seems like the Calgary race... And you know this is almost pure speculation on my part, but it, it looks to me like a race that's breaking down on the issues as opposed to the personalities. Compared to Edmonton, I get the sense certainly that Edmonton has been a more peaceable city in the last decade, and and it, so it's breaking down more on the personalities than the issues per se. My caveat on that is that analysis could be you know completely incorrect. But uh, looking at Calgary, I just don't see the, the same sort of personality driven race that Edmonton is no doubt going to have. Now,
0: one thing that always seems to come up in municipal races in Alberta, and this goes back to early 2000s races when Dave Bronconi was uh, running for re-election in Calgary and, and its relationship with the provincial government. Mm-hmm. You know, what the government can do for cities and how the mayor is going to lobby for, say, more funding from the province. How do you feel that that might break down this time? And, and could this be seen as somewhat of a litigation of how municipal voters feel about the UCP government?
1: That's probably going to be the case, I think, because we don't just have the mayoral races happening. There's races for school trustees happening. And obviously the UCP's education curriculum has been wildly controversial. So that's, I think, no doubt going to be an issue at play here. When I spoke to Rick McIver, who you mentioned and who is now the municipal affairs minister for the UCP, you know, he said that he thinks they've had a, a pretty good constructive working relationship with the mayors. And then of course Nenji and Iveson did not say that even at all they both said that you know they've had very difficult relationships with the ucp and and nenshi actually said he's had very difficult relationships with pretty much everyone who's been in the premier's office (laughs) i think he said other than prentice and uh hancock he got along well with Um, but but this is going to be you know sort of an enduring issue there have been spats between the city and the ucp on things like supervised injection sites on things like transit on questions of funding, you know, there was some ugly spats between Nenshi and the Premier and other cabinet ministers over the city's budget in 2019, I think it would have been. So there is certainly some drama here. And you know, one of the questions that I was curious about, is whether or not part of the challenge of this relationship has been because Nenshi and Iverson are seen as relatively progressive mayors compared to a a avowedly not progressive provincial government and I never really did figure out whether or not there is a a good answer to that question or whether or not you know a more sort of right-leaning mayor might have a better time in a relationship with the province. I think that's an open question but it's no doubt going to be an issue for the big cities. And it's more broadly an issue for municipalities sort of writ large. You know, when you had Edmonton and Calgary able to put together a common front on issues, when confronting the province, that made, I think, some difference for some of the smaller municipalities. And whoever comes in next into Calgary and Edmonton are going to have to build a relationship. Iverson and Enchi knew each other before they got into politics. They've been friends for a long time. So that sort of made for a natural alliance between the two that may not exist with whoever wins in Calgary and Edmonton, whether they're both progressives or not.
0: Alberta is frequently an anomaly in Canada. So we can't even do municipal elections without something different. Also on the ballot in October is likely going to be an equalization referendum, Mm -hmm. as well as the election of what we call senators in waiting, you know, people that the province will put forward to the feds to say, hey, this is who Albertans want, representing them in the Senate. Do either of these races and ballot questions have the potential to skew the municipal election to potentially engage a voter base on those issues who may vote a certain way at the municipal level?
1: So I mentioned the school trustee thing and how there's an argument that, that could bring out you know some of the more progressive vote in the city who will be making the curriculum question a bit of a referendum. So I think that's potentially going to bring out progressive voters and and you're right you know if people are really worked up about equalization payments who probably tend to be more sympathetic to the ucp probably tend more towards the right that could bring them to the polls in a way that might not have happened otherwise you know the the senators and waiting thing i think arguably does the same thing but it's less of a red meat issue than equalization i mean how many people know that Alberta tries to elect senators? How many people care that Alberta tries to elect senators? You know, if you can find me a voter in Alberta who is going to go vote in the elections in October on the basis that they want to cast their ballot for a senator and waiting, I mean, I I would be, I'd be shocked if that person exists, but I do think there's lots of people who have strong opinions on equalization, and that might bring them to the polls. So I think you have basically this education thing on the left and this equalization thing on the right that perhaps could spur turnout more than it would otherwise. But of course, turnout and things like that are always a little bit better when you have no incumbent in the race. So it's going to be a a dramatic and interesting race, regardless. And the uh, equalization and education stuff are just sort of the icing on the cake, so to speak.
0: Now, whoever takes over for Nahed Nenshi and Don Iveson, and ultimately whoever fills all the seats on council, they're going to be facing some big challenges. Does Alberta's biggest cities look any different than other places in Canada this fall? Is it a case they'll be facing the post-pandemic recovery, or are there other specific challenges that they'll be facing that they'll have to tackle?
1: Well, the recovery thing is, I think, unique in Alberta because it's also coupled with you know, sort of wholesale changes internationally when it comes to energy use and oil and gas. So when you look at a place like Toronto or Ottawa or Vancouver, the questions that they have on recovery, I think are a little bit different than the questions of recovery in Alberta. Because, you know, recovery in downtown Calgary looks like filling all those office towers that used to be home to oil and gas companies and middle management and all these jobs that may not exist for some time, or may not ever exist again. So I do think that the economic recovery post pandemic in Alberta runs quite a bit deeper than it does in other places. And that's going to be a really, really fundamental question going forward. And you know, we talked about transit sort of right at the beginning, I mean, Edmonton and Calgary are very sprawling cities. So when we're talking about agenda items going forward, they're just sort of qualitatively different than they are in Toronto or Vancouver, where you have massive populations to support these kinds of projects. So at the end of the day, I, th- I think whoever comes in next it is basically facing questions of business and questions of the economy. But those issues are much more complex than in other places. And when it comes specifically to oil and gas, there are also questions and issues that are beyond the ability of a mayor to solve. They're arguably beyond the ability of a premier to solve or a prime minister to solve. You know, These are problems that are dictated well beyond our borders and influenced by forces well beyond our control. So, so it's going to be a very challenging and unique next couple of years, I think, in Edmonton and Calgary. And I don't envy uh, whoever comes in next and is going to have to try to navigate these things.
0: What is it shaping up to be a fascinating race, especially here in Edmonton where we both are? Tyler, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Ten Three is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Dawson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.